0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. We made it. This is our first official weekend preview episode because we have two games this weekend in the ACC we made it through our season previews Mac it's hard to believe that we did 14 season preview episodes every single team check those out on YouTube check those out on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on both of those entities we would really appreciate it Mac congrats my friend we made it we made it to football season
0: we are here Come on, KG. I'm just I'm jacked up. It's a day before game day. I'm headed to UNC here in like ten seconds. Uh, Cannot teleport. Wait. Uh, Yeah, I'm just gonna just close my eyes and bam, there I am on campus. Uh, It just really can't wait. It's been such a long summer, but a great summer with all of our guests, all of our preview shows. So can't thank everybody enough for for jumping on there and and keeping us going here. But we made it, KG. We're we're officially here talking some football. And, you know, this episode is going to be a little bit different than most of our Fridays because, number one, it's the first one. So we're still relatively in preseason, kind of, week zero. Uh, And then number two, there's only two games. So we don't have a lot to talk about. So we're going to have some fun. Awards, we're going to do some prop bets on the end, and it's really exciting, KG. I'm grateful that we're here. I'm jacked up, but let's do some preseason awards. And I'm going to let you go first on all of these because I'm a gentleman. Um, And partly because I've already done these 100 times, so I'm interested to hear somebody else's take on them. Uh, But let's start off with Offensive Player of the Year. I'm intrigued to see where you go with this because I have an idea, and I think it might be different than mine.
1: Okay, Offensive Player of the Year as we're projecting – Um, As the season gets started tomorrow, I'm going with the guy who was also my pick for the ACC preseason player of the year overall, because offense is more important, as we've always discussed. Generally, the offensive player of the year ends up being preseason player of the year or the overall player of the year. Uh, Devin Leary is my offensive player of the year. I just think his numbers are going to be so good, especially the way he takes care of the ball. Only five picks last year. Can he beat that? Could he have less? That would be insane. Um, I think he will eclipse. Last year he had 35 passing touchdowns, I believe. I think he can get over that because I think this offense is going to um, just pick up where they left off. And they're going to start with that confidence that they developed throughout the season. So I'm going Devin Leary. And I think even if Clemson does end up winning the league, Devin Leary will still be the most productive quarterback on the best team, right? Brennan Armstrong might throw for 5,000 yards, but I'm not sure his team's going to win 10 games. So... I think Devin Leary is going to be that offensive player of the year.
0: Okay, I was worried about this. You know, our brains—we just we sync up so many different times. I, I'm afraid we're going to go straight down this list and have the same name. We'll see. Um, I'm going Devin Leary as well. I'm going Devin Leary as well. I think that for all the reasons you just said, the the experience factor, the fact that he is going into year three as a starter with the same offensive coordinator with the same offensive system, the ownership that we are going to see from him, the comfortability we're going to see from him is going to be at an all-time high, and and he is going to be passing that ball all around the yard. I I can't wait to see this offense and and what it's going to look like this year, and and I think that Devin is going to have this, you know, Tom Brady approach where he makes everybody better. Like, he's going to raise this offense to be really, really explosive, to get these wide receivers going. Thayer Thomas, Devin Carter are obviously the headliners there, but, you know, I think others are going to step up, and You would not be shocked at all. I keep saying that he's going to have a Kenny Pickett-like jump, and and what I mean by that is to see him go 4,000-plus yards, Mm 40-plus touchdowns through the air, and and think that NC State's not going to force the issue to run the ball. And and with all those stats, all those different things, and being a really good team at the end of the day, he gets my nod for offensive player of the year and and probably overall player of the
1: year. If someone said you can't pick Devin Leary, who would be your next up?
0: Hmm. How about, how about even this? If someone says you can't pick a quarterback, let's do that. Who's your next deal? Um, I think Shipley's going to have an unbelievable year. I think Sean Tucker is going to have a really good year. Um, man, if there's a wide receiver that could do it, Wicks or AT Perry, um, I'd probably go Shipley. I think he's going to have a really big year. The only reason I would even hesitate to think that is because there's so many other guys in that Mm -hmm. backfield. I know they're going to split reps. Like, I don't know if he'll even have the opportunity you know, to have over 1,000 yards just because of the way that those guys are are going to be split. So kind of I'm arguing against myself. I, I'm going to go Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Interesting. <laughs> that was a roundabout way to get I just to that. don't know if
1: his team's going to win enough games. I, I think Shipley
0: – Yeah, but if he's close to 2,000 yards rushing, yeah, I mean, it's undeniable, it's like, right? Like, he's the guy. I
1: think Shipley because of the, the tiger paw is part of it. And if Clemson gets back, if they do win the league again – Plus, I think they're going to yeah. use Shipley a good bit in the passing game, too. So I think his overall, mm-hmm. his all purpose could be really good. And I think he's going yeah. to take I'm, that next step.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't say an offensive lineman. That's unbelievable. <laughs> like, what would an offensive lineman have to – how is Big Icky not the player of the year last year? It, it's, it's just, it's sickening. sickening. It's sickening.
1: That's the word, Mac. Sickening. <laughs> well, we can. T- Let's go yeah, to I was say, We can talk go about to some defense. linemen. With a defensive yeah. player. Here, oh,
0: here, okay. Are you giving a little right, hint hi. here? I'm, I'm excited to see this. This one.
1: was tough because there are so many options.
0: Brutal. There are so
1: many guys that I think legitimately have a shot. Here are the names I wrote down Ryan Brzee, okay. Habakkuk, okay. Baldonado, by the way.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, stay tuned for more with him perhaps next week. Kalijah Cancey, <laughs> Jamie Robinson, Isaiah Moore, Mikkel Jones. Those were the ones that came to mind. The thing okay. with the two pit guys is. The, the pick guys might cancel each other out in terms of voting and that all happens. that. Robinson, I think, could lead the league in interceptions. He's one, he was like mm-hmm. one of two Power 5 players last year with four picks and seven TFLs. His numbers are great. <laughs> I just don't know if Florida State's going to win enough games. Isaiah Moore, to me, he is the heart and soul of NC State's defense, which is going to be really good. But, again, he's got two great linebackers around him, so the publicity there. Mikel Jones is exceptional. Not sure if Syracuse will win enough games. So I think I'm going to go Brzee. Again, the name recognition, because this defense might be the best in the country, and we love a good story. He's coming back from the ACL tear, and he's ready to wreak havoc, and he could be a first-round pick. So I think Brzee is almost the safe answer, but you can make an argument for any of those guys.
0: Yeah, could, could be a could be a first-round pick. Could be a top-ten right. pick. I mean, this guy's he's freaky. Um, I love that list. I, I love the list. It, it is intriguing. Just all those guys you lift off, or, or that you listed, there's still a ton that, that you didn't yeah. list. They're still a part of this thing. It's such a deep defensive class with star power that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm, I'm going with another Clemson Tiger. I'm going with Trenton I Simpson. knew you would. I, I, think, I think Trenton is going to go berserk. I mean, they're going to put him in a lot of different spots. He, he's going to be a, a a middle linebacker in the middle of the unit. He won't be a Mike. I think he's a, a Will. They do it differently. Um, But he's going to be in the middle of that thing. He's going to be close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to be moving all over the place. I think statistically he's going to have a crazy season. I just think it's going to be undeniable. I think he's another guy that's going to be a top 10 pick. Clemson might have two of those guys, which is nuts. Um, so I'm going Simpson. I'm going right. linebacker. I think it's undeniable. I think he's going to have 80-plus you know, tackles, you know multiple, multiple TFLs and sacks. And we're going to look at those stats and be like, what the hell did this happen? And I think he's got a good shot. Well,
1: and that's the thing, too. With When you pick a guy like Trenton Simpson, his numbers are going to blow you away, perhaps more than Brazee, who's a defensive tackle. Sometimes those numbers don't just blow you away.
0: Well, let's let's go outside the Tiger Paw. If you you didn't pick a Clemson guy, who would it have been? I like these having, like, a second chance to pick all these guys. This is fun. Honestly,
1: like, can can we do – Habakkuk Kansi or Kalijah Baldonado, like, can we put them together as one person? Because it's going to be so hard to pick. Did you
0: just do a Super yes. Saiyan, like, combine these I'm two? I'm combining oh them God. into one human.
1: Maybe they can be co-Baldonado-Kansi, co-defensive players.
0: I, I like that. I like that. I think, I think Baldonado's a great pick. He, he's, I think he's going to explode, too, statistically. I would not be shocked at all to see him in the high double digits. Uh, in the sack column, but I'm going to go with Drake Thomas. Mm. I, I'm going to go with the other NC State okay. linebacker. I think that he's poised for a really big year. He he was put in a a difficult situation a year ago where he had to step up vocally. He had to step up and be the alpha. And we spoke with Coach Dorn about that. You know, back when we did his episode, and and he just said, "Look, I went to Drake." And it wasn't even – I didn't even have to say anything. He just said, I I know what I have to do, coach. I know what I have to do. And I think that's going to bleed over into this year, and hopefully all three of those guys can stay really healthy. But I think we see Thomas take a really big step.
1: Mm. I like that one. I I like Isaiah Moore just because he is a six-year guy. It's
0: a great pick. It's a great pick. But
1: that's kind of the point. And, you know, add Peyton Wilson in. You've got maybe (laughs) the best (laughs) linebacker in the country, so you've got a lot of options there.
0: Exactly. No question. No question. All right. How about newcomer of the mm. year? And I want to set this up for you because th- this doesn't just have to be a rookie. You know, with this new transfer portal, this can be a first year guy to the program. It can be a rookie, whichever way you want to go with this. How about newcomer of the year in the ACC? This
1: one was pretty easy for me. I think Keaton Slovis Dang has it. this we're back.: Here we
0: are. We're back together. But that's okay go. because
1: they're really, it's hard to make an argument for anyone else. Pitt yeah. recently announced he's QB1. We, we all kind of knew this would happen. Keaton Slovis is a talent. And I think people truly nationally are sleeping on Pitt. This is a team, and they could not only win the ACC, but I think this is a team that could potentially make the playoff if mm-hmm. Slovis can do at least 90% of what Pickett did last year. And he is the – people don't know this. He is the all-time completion percentage leader at Southern Cal – he holds the single-game record for passing yards in a game. Only Southern Cal quarterback in the school's history to pass for 500 yards in a game. This guy can play, and right. if he has, if he's mastered that system, if the wide receivers step up enough, Slovis is going to have a huge year. He's my pick.
0: Yeah, and I'm right there with you. You know, announced QB one as you mentioned, and those numbers that you just laid out there. That's Kenny Pickett. That's what he does. He's super accurate. Right. He knows where to go to the football. And that's why I think this transition is going to be so seamless. And barring injury, uh, you know, I, I think this guy's going to be the real deal. And the one thing that that, you know, w- will be interesting to see in, in the the gaudy numbers that Pickett had a year ago. And, you know, we just heard it from the Nardus Wednesday a couple of days ago. He said, Man, we threw the ball way too much for my liking. So I have to think yeah. that they are going to be a little bit more balanced, which, of course, that means those numbers aren't going to be as crazy. But I think it's it's easy to say he's going to be over 3,000 yards and over 30 touchdowns. So if he can hit those numbers, if he can hit that, uh, you know, kind of placement, look out. I mean, the hype will be for real leading into the postseason and, and NFL draft combine, all that stuff, for what this young man can do with a rebirth Of his career. So we're back on the train. Here we go with the the newcomer of the year. How about coach of the year? Yeah, I'm intrigued. This one one could be interesting. Coach of the year. I'm
1: intrigued how we'll go coach of the year. We'll see if we agree. (laughs) A lot of what I just said goes into my pick here. My Um, coach of the year pick is Pat Narduzzi. I think the credit he is going to get for losing, not just Kenny Pickett, but in this, who knows, this could be a little bit of a sympathy pick or whatever, but having Jordan Addison stolen in the middle of the night from his roster to be able to overcome that. And they return so many good pieces, and, and they know that, and, and the voters will know that. But Narduzzi and his staff are responsible for developing pretty much all of these good pieces. If they repeat, after losing Pickett and uh, Jordan Addison, if they repeat and at least win the Coastal, with their tough non-conference schedule as well, if they look good in those games, I, I think Narduzzi's the coach of the year.
0: Here we go. Let's just keep Stop racking it. them up. You I'm, I'm with you. What about I'm with Doran? You. I'm with you. I, I think Doran is a great pick. I think Coach is yeah. a great pick if he gets back them to, to an ACC championship. Uh, I think Clawson, depending on what they could mm. do, uh, Crystal Ball. Um, there's some great choices, but I'm going with the Nardus as well because I think Dang that it. all those things you just said, the the talent that he's replacing, the the program that he has been building. And the 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 relevance that they have had now taking a step onto the national scene is the opportunity that they'll be faced with this year. You know, it's it's always great to do something once, really cool, really fun. But when you can start stacking those type of seasons, and I'm not even saying they have to win the ACC championship again, but to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, like to to play in a bowl on New Year's on New Year's Eve or around that, t- like that's where the ACC as as a conference needs to start having these teams on a consistent basis to where, you know, you you see four SEC teams, you see a couple of Big Ten teams, and then you see the one playoff uh, ACC champion. Like, it it has to be a couple of teams, you know, in that thing. It has to be three, four teams fighting for these big major bowl slots. And uh, I I think Pitt has a great opportunity to do that. And I think certainly Coach Narduzzi deserves all that praise, all that recognition, and uh, he's going to be my coach of the year.
1: I like it. We're great minds think alike, Mac. As That's they say, right.
0: I think we're going to pick the same three here as well. Uh, let's go to just divisions first. Let's do Atlantic and Coastal, and kind of give me your reasons why. I'll give you mine, and then we'll we'll talk championship.
1: And we we made these picks after our ACC kickoff. We posted. Them well, you know, on I was interested
0: to see if anything changed. That's with what you I was going to say. Has yeah.
1: anything changed for me? It has not. My <laughs> Atlantic champion is Clemson. My Coastal champion is Pitt, and my overall champion is Clemson. But I don't think my overall champion, it was not an easy pick for me. I think if we get Pitt-Clemson, that's going to be a heck of a game. And a lot of it depends on where in the world Clemson is with its quarterback situation on the first weekend of December. And we debated that a good bit in our Clemson episode, if you want to go listen to that. There's a lot that needs to be decided with that. And the, the main reason I'm going Clemson in the Atlantic is because the Clemson NC State game is in Clemson, and the Tigers mm-hmm. just don't lose at home. If it was in yep. Raleigh, I'd have a different discussion. But that game is so important because it is the tiebreaker. It gives you that two-game edge, really, if you win that game. Yeah. So those are my picks. Mac, have yours changed at all?
0: No, that they haven't. And again, for all those reasons, we've discussed this so much. I feel like we could speak for each other on what our reasons are and why we think the way we do on this outcome. But for me, it, it it was tough you know, to, to look at NC State and Clemson because I think NC State's going to be very, very good. But that reason that you just said, coming to Death Valley, folks don't go there and win. It, it, it's a very tough place as an opponent to come and play when you add in all the external factors of the fact that NC State did beat Clemson a year ago. There, there's been a bunch of chirping between fan bases. And, and the juice we like Death the chirping. Valley... We do, we do as as fans of of this sport. Yes, and of fans this of the rivalry. That's right. Um, the The atmosphere and environment of Death Valley is going to be like nothing NC State has ever seen in in, in these guys' history, in these players. Because I, I think they might have only gone to Clemson maybe one time um, because the COVID year and, they and didn't. Because yeah, exactly. And so you know what what does that look like? It's gonna be it's gonna be very tough. Now you do have a veteran quarterback. You have a very veteran team. But that place is different, and uh, you know th- those fans are going to get jacked up and excited. All on top of that, the pressure of if both those teams are undefeated, game day could be there. Like oh, this, the, the magnitude of this game is going to be massive. It's the game of the year in the ACC, so certainly the winner, I think, is is going to the championship, and, and with that, I think it's going to be Clemson on the pit side. I, I've been singing this song since January, the, the, since everybody announced they're coming back. Uh, Pitt is loaded. They have unbelievable depth. Their defense is one of the best in the country. The The missing piece for me was is Slovis the guy, and now that's been confirmed. And I might think that that sh- this game in Charlotte might be a little closer uh, th- than I mm. originally did, uh, but I still think Clemson wins. I think Clemson gets back to the playoff. And um, the, the key piece is, can a Pittsburgh, can an NC State also play in a New Year's Six Bowl?
1: Yeah, and the thing with Pitt and Clemson is – they don't play each other in the regular season, unlike last right. year and the year before. Yep. Could we have an undefeated Pitt and undefeated Clemson?
0: How fun would that be? And
1: then oh you've got the potential of a one-loss team, perhaps. It's gonna yeah. be really NC state or Miami.
0: Yeah. I mean yeah. it's gonna be nuts. It's gonna be nuts wait. to see. <laughs> can't
1: wait. Mac, it's time to talk games. We have actual football to break down here. If you're new to the pod. We do every Friday before in football season, we do our big three breakdowns. So we talk about every game, but we have three games that we dive deep into and we give our spread picks and all of that. We only have two games to do because <laughs> there's only two games tomorrow. So today it's a big two breakdown. But let's start with a, a classic rivalry game that everyone loves to see Mac, Florida State and Duquesne. I mean, when these two get together, just throw out the record books. 5 p.m. <laughs> on ACCN, and here's the kicker. Florida State has not won a season opener since 2016. That is absolutely shocking. I think this is such a smart move by Coach Norvell to schedule this week zero game. (laughs) For a team that started 0-4 last year, to get a game where you can feel good about yourselves, where you can get out there, put on the jerseys, play in front of your home fans before you go play LSU. I love that FSU is doing this. What do you want to see I don't know how much we'll learn, Mac, but what do you want yeah. to see specifically from this offense against Duke?
0: Yeah, it's uh, – I don't know how if you can learn much, but you will see, you know, guys that can step up. You're going to see guys that can make plays. And so you're at least going to find out who are, who are the go-to guys going to be and and does anybody emerge throughout the rest of the season. Certainly time will tell there. But I think the biggest thing that, that I want to see from this team as a whole – is can you keep the momentum going? You know, can you get... You had a horrible start. Like, we we thought it was done. Like, I didn't think they were going to win a game. It was embarrassing to watch those guys step out there on the field. And then it was like this pivotal moment where Florida State could have went home, players could have all quit, transferred or whatever, and they didn't. They went 5-3 and and got really hot and finished the season, you know, very respectably. And and so I, I think when you see that... Can we continue to build on that? Can we use that momentum? Uh, I look at quarterback play, and and will Jordan Travis be able to take, you know, another step as, as a playmaker, as a passer, as, as a, a you know, commander of this offense and and really, you know, lean on the, the offensive coordinator too and, and the head coach to give him that opportunity. You know, in those that 0-4 start where they were kind of going back and forth, back and forth, who's going to be the quarterback, KG, they were throwing – just jump plays like bubble yeah. screen left, quick throw right, and, and then finally it's like boys, we got to do something. We got to throw this thing downfield. We have to open up this offense. We have or to run the, run the ball. And which they is what did. What
1: they it. ended up doing, yeah,
0: and, and they did it. And so just to continue to see that, to see his confidence. Um, another thing I'm interested to see is again in a game like this, you expect uh, to see a blowout, and you expect young guys to play and other guys to play. I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. Florida State has a really nice young quarterback uh, in number ten. That, that's a a either redshirt freshman, true freshman, with all this COVID stuff. You don't know who's listed as what, but he he had some juice when we were at practice, and I've kind of kept that under wraps until right now because I think we're going to see him play. Um, Florida State, whenever JT decides to move on or whatever that looks like, is going to be in good hands with that young man. I'm excited to see. You talking what about he's AJ Duffy? AJ Duffy, look out, the killer! Um, it's going to be fun to see him and 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 just it, when he gets his chances, what he can do with this offense, etc. But the running back room, KG, I mean, with Ward, Tolofeli, Benson coming from Oregon, I, I have to see them go off. I need to see this offensive line room yes. have no mistakes, like no penalties, no mas, no bad play, like no negative plays, like just mm-hmm. go. Like th- this is a game. Listen, wh- when you look at Okay, different divisions in football. When you look at Power 5, G5, FCS, D2, D3, skill players are always there, right? Like you can find dudes anywhere. The difference is in the middle, offensive Mm -hmm. lineman, defensive lineman. You have to show that. You have to exert your will against these guys and just go off. And and that's the improvement that I think we need to see from Florida State in in general in that that aspect. And certainly they have guys that I think are going to go off um, and then, lastly, for the offense, I know I'm talking a lot here. I'm sorry. the The wide receivers just have to step up. Like, who who can be that productive wide receiver number one? Who can emerge as the guy? Is it is it Pittman, the the transfer? Is it McLean, who's been there, you know, for a couple of years now? Is it is it Span, who's coming from Illinois? Like, who who can be the guy? And can all three of them, you know, rise up and be great options? And then, of course, you have got a great tight end in the, in that aspect as well. So. Those are kind of offensively the things KG that I just I have to see in this game one and then against LSU. Hopefully, we're building and building and building.
1: Right, have to that that's yeah. that's the word. I'm excited about the wide receivers. I'm intrigued to check out these wide receivers, and I've been reading about Johnny Wilson, who's had a great camp for them yeah. at six seven, yeah. uh, freakazoid, red zone target. <laughs> and then I'm excited about Micah Pittman. I think with his his veteran. Um, he's like three foot
0: tall, so you're you're going like well, he, yeah. <laughs> the the massive difference,
1: but he can be that security blanket. I think for yeah. Jordan Travis in the screen game, um, defensively, uh, the huge question is just who replaces Jermaine Johnson. I, I think,
0: yeah.
1: obviously, you'll see Florida State get after the quarterback against Duquesne. One of my big questions is, can Jared Verse show up, make some plays, prove that he's the guy? and we know Jamie Robinson is that dude there's no doubt about that so i have less questions overall with the defense but i think just looking disciplined making plays holding holding this team to what seven or less i right. mean three or less that that should be the goal
0: yeah i agree with you and really the the biggest question mark for me defensively is just you know the the attitude of this team like can we Stop the run as well as those two beast defensive ends did a year ago because they did that exceptionally well. Obviously, also got after the quarterback at a very high level. But this secondary and this defensive line are, are the the strength of of this team. And when I see Big Coop, when I see Love it, who, who's a freak. I mean, you talk about 6'5", 300 rolls up his shirt. You see a little four pack there, and you're just like, whoa. That's a different looking guy. Four pack. Uh, it's not quite a six. It's close. But there's four. But there's four. It's close. We we strive. Big men strive for four packs at three hundred. Interesting. Pounds, okay, okay it, I didn't it's know different. that. It's different. Uh, and then verse <laughs> just just seeing him. I mean, I saw crazy flashes in the spring, and when we were down there visiting with them, and can he really step up and, and be a a very productive every down type of defensive end? So defensive line, I'm I'm not uber worried about i just need to see defensive ends as a unit step up and, and really be whole that defensive backfield man they are so good i, I think it's fsu pit pit fsu however you want to lean with robinson and, and keem dent uh at the safety position yeah. those guys are good and they found their groove a year ago keem is a guy that's been there for a while and, and i got to sit down and talk with him when we were at, at florida state and he said listen I-, I came in here and thought i could just do it on my own and thought that I'd find my own way. And I didn't understand that I had to buy into this system, that I had to listen, that these coaches wanted me to succeed. And, and once I did that, it was like a a, a light turned on. And, and, you know, he became so successful. You see big Amarion Cooper over at, uh, at cornerback. So I'm not worried at all about the secondary or up front I just have a couple of concerns and questions at linebacker, like who is going to be the guy who can step up and, and lead this team and be the alpha. When, when I think of great Florida State linebackers, my goodness, that it was a position that you know was feared, you know, for so many years. So, can those guys step up to the plate and really just emerge as playmakers? Then, then you're looking at a very impressive defense,
1: mm-hmm, for sure. We'll we'll do our prop bets and our score predictions after we talk about this next game as well. <laughs> Um, another, again, rivalry unlike any other, North Carolina and FAMU, Florida A&M, the Rattlers, 8.15 p.m. on ACC Network. And we know QB won. UNC announced that Drake May, little brother of Luke May, big-time recruit, is going to be the guy who runs out their first starting quarterback. I found this quote from Matt Brown very interesting when he announced Drake May as the starter. He said, I'm not getting into the quarterback position we just felt like Drake should walk out there first. Both of them did really well. And there's very little difference between the two. If, one's quarter, if one quarterback's not moving the ball, we'll put the other one in. We've done that in the past. We just don't have to plan other than if you're moving it, you stay in. If you're not, let the other guy have a chance. So it seems like Chris Well is still going to have a chance. And if Drake May doesn't play well, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen against FAMU. That could be in a different game. What, what was your reaction, Mac, when you heard Drake May as QB1?
0: Uh I was surprised it took so long maybe. Um mm. you know cuz when I was there it was evident to me that that you know Drake was the guy. It I mean, was it yeah. was just you know the, the way that he orchestrated the offense when he was in the, the throws that I see, saw him make the um the consistency when he was in the the game in practice uh or, or in the reps as a starter in practice. Um it was just more effective to me and more consistent, and I thought that he was he was the clear cut guy. Now, now certainly Criswell has his great attributes. I mean, this guy was the Gatorade Player of the Year in Arkansas. Like he's not some you know schlump that just came in here. He he's a ball player, uh, and he actually has a more live arm. He has more juice when he's throwing that ball. But just thought that the command of the offense, thought that the the throwing consistency that I saw from Drake um, set him over the edge. And, and I know this is a different world that we're in now KG and and you know you you have to be even with guys or they leave and now you have no depth at quarterback and, and it's a weird place to be in when you ha- when you have to choose when it's not as clear cut as as maybe you'd like or or maybe not as much separation and, and clarity to the guys in that room but I think it's a good decision I mean listen this guy 6'5" 220 sounded like I mean he sounded like a Carolina quarterback when he was talking the the twang in his voice I was like yeah. I've never heard this guy talk. I would not well, really expecting remember,
1: that. Remember, we had Luke May on the podcast when we were doing all sports. And, <laughs> yeah, it sounds – it's funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're obviously their family and the pedigree is out there. But, yeah, they sound like they belong at UNC. That's so, right. I like
0: it. That's right. And, and so, you know, it would be interesting. But I do like the comment of setting the stage of – listen, this is your chance. If, if you're not right. ready for it, the next guy's coming in and, and setting you know the tone. And maybe you know I, I would think that's echoed throughout the building. But uh, I, I think it's the great choice. I think it's the right pick. And the good thing is I get to see it live and in person here in a couple hours. So I can't wait.
1: Can't wait. And he's got some great weapons. Obviously, Josh Downs. Excited to see him. Oh, yeah. Probably shouldn't see too much of him. You know, just want to make sure he stays yeah. healthy. But I am intrigued to see how they use him, Mac. If the promise of Using him a little more in in the backfield and maybe a jet sweep, whatever, just getting him the football. <laughs> you will not I see want to that see this if weekend. We see that. You will not. won't see, don't see that. anything like no. one jets one jet sweep. Nothing. No, no,
0: no. Okay. You'll see maybe well, a quarter of him, barring everything goes the way it's supposed to.
1: Well, yeah, barring that for sure. And I know you're excited about a guy like O'Marion Hampton, young running back, who stood out for you. And he's will – he, will we see him at least, you think?
0: Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I, it'll I be interesting will. to see if, if he runs out there relatively after the first snap. Now, it sounds like they're go, they're starting with another young man that, that's maybe been there, done that, but –
1: DJ Jones, yeah. Yeah,
0: it, I mean, 28-23 and 23 with Hampton and Petaway, I don't know how you keep them off the field. And, you know, these are the games for these young guys that you got to get them out there and see what they can do when, when the lights are on. You know, and it's going to be a night game. It's mm-hmm. going to be a great environment they've got to go out there and prove that they can do it when it matters. And it's not your quarterback is going to get hit if you don't pick up your block, right? Like that's where it's almost more important to see KG. How do they handle pass pro and, and how do they handle just the different idiosyncrasies of the game? I know right. they can run it and, and you know, at, at a certain point, you've got to just give the guys who are, who are the best, you got to give them the ball. But I, I think that those guys just have to prove a little bit, earn that trust, wouldn't be shocked at all if twenty eight and twenty three are starters by the by the end of the season. Uh, offensive line kind of similar to FSU. They've got to get better. Given up a billion sacks in the last three years. Some of that's on quarterback. Some of that's on them. Some of that's on whatever. Um, but they just have to have to be better. And, and I think Big Richards at left tackle. He's a guy that is really you know taking steps uh, necessary to, to be that guy. Corey Gainer coming in from uh, Miami there. And then I'm excited to see Big Spencer rolling. Uh, Right tackle coming in from Harvard, a a guy that is like in aerospace engineering or something crazy. Like this dude's a genius and uh, looked like a really good ball player when we were there. So just to see the development of those guys, you mentioned Josh Downs, wide receiver. I mean, he's one of the best in the country, was was named to a couple All-American lists. Just excited to see maybe later in the season how they actually use him. I I don't think we'll see it uh, necessarily this game, but who else steps up? You know, I, I think it, it's it's a shame that we saw, uh, you know, that that young man go down who who has been there for so long and uh, Antoine and, and Green. Green, Antoine Green, who who is just, yeah. you know, it, it sucks that that he's going to be out for most of the season and, and a guy that coach was really excited about and was hoping that he'd take a a big step here, but there's a young freshman in number one Andre Green that. Looks really good. They're green. You, you got you to gotta get them in there. So just to see those guys, how they can step up and who are going to be the playmakers ar- around the quarterback, and, and hopefully we see them emerge a little bit in this game against FAMU.
1: And defensively, it's really the, the same old story we've been talking about all offseason. Yeah. As Mac Brown said when he was on our podcast, by the way, go listen to the FSU <laughs> season preview and the UNC season preview as well. But he said, we have to play as good as we look. Especially as good as they look on paper with all these five stars. And I also saw another quote from him recently, Mac, where he said, we made a mistake last year where we played some guys that didn't earn it in practice. We played our talented guys who maybe didn't earn it in practice. We will never do that again. So I think he's really setting the tone of you've got to show me. Yeah, you're a five star. But you've got to show me in practice before I put you out there yeah. on the field. So give me a few names that you're going to keep an eye on in this game.
0: Yeah, after. well, well, those are the, those five stars. I need to see him play like that. Like I, I need yeah. to see him, uh, you, you know, be the guys that they were, you know, in high school. And and really, you know, it, it's been fun to see the the evolution of Desmond Evans, number ten. There, they they kind of put him in this hybrid role. Is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Well, he's bulked up, and and they put him at power defensive end. So his hands in the dirt. He has one job, and that's wreak havoc. And, and so excited to see him, you know, really grow in, into that position. I think Miles Murphy uh, is one of the best in the conference. I think he he is, you know, doing a, a great job of putting himself in a nice position for the NFL draft. I just need to see it every play. I, I don't need to see as many plays off. I don't need to see loafs. I need to see him have an attitude of I'm going to exert my dominance each and every play in this offensive. On this offensive line and prove that I'm one of the best in the country. I, I just need to see that attitude. Uh, some young guys with Ritzy and Shaw and Silver. Ritzy, I, I think, is a little further along, but seeing Shaw and Silver just continue to step up. And, and with all of those guys, I mean, you you should have a dominant defensive line. And, and just can they take the necessary steps uh, to, to do what they have to do? And I add in there Noah Taylor. I mean, he's kind of that jack position where they rush them yeah. they drop them in coverage sometimes kind of a defensive end hybrid this defensive line should be sick and, and so you know can they do it on paper yes they tricked me a year ago thought they were going to take really big steps um now I, I just have to see it on the field I've got to be able you know to see that these guys look like Tarzan and play like Tarzan because that, that's important mm. uh, that's an an important step when I look at this linebacking core. It's a lot of excitement, KG. I mean, it starts with number 23. Eccles there. He's a tiny little guy, but he's a firecracker and he gets this defense jacked up. I I saw him commanding those guys out there in team reps and and the ability that he has. I think he can be a really, really solid player out in space. Cedric Gray, he was at Media Day. Got to speak to him. He is a very well spoken, uh, you know, just kind of quiet killer when he talks you listen and look out because he's bringing the pain out on that football field and then i mentioned noah taylor and, and the excitement that i have for him you know being in that carolina blue and, and doing some special things there the de- defensive backs the, there's a little bit of question mark there's a lot of names right there's a lot of guys right. that you feel good about tony grimes has has been the most consistent i think and you know from that 757 um you know he, he's just a little bit different but you know other guys have to emerge like storm duck I, I just hope can stay healthy and and can you know really be that guy there's a couple of safeties that you know they feel really good about but can they be on a consistent basis doing what they need to do that that's the biggest question mark for me about this defense can the defensive want to take a step and can the DBs play more consistent throughout the year
1: and the gene Chiswick effect you know, yeah, bringing I'm in excited for that to- can't wait to see that as Mac Brown said on our episode, he has it.
0: That's right. <laughs>
1: if you if you don't know what it is, right. you ain't got it. So <laughs> excited to see if this defense, even just in a game like this, looks more disciplined yep. um, and, and put together, tackles better. Okay, Mac. Before we get out of here, we normally make picks. Uh, there's there really aren't spreads on these games, so uh, just because of the week zero situation. So let's do some prop bets. We'll run through these. Just some fun ways to talk about these games. Who scores I'll read the question, you give me your answer, then I'll give you mine. Okay. Who scores the first touchdown for Florida State, Mac, in this game?
0: This one's easy to me. I think it's Jordan Travis. I think he's running around like crazy. He's creative. He's he's doing his thing and, and he sneaks in there. I think he's the guy that, you know, we just need to see be the glue and and, and be the, the guy for this offense and to really get things going. So I think, you know, JT's gonna run it in there and he's gonna be the first score of the season for FSU.
1: Sure, how much they run JT? In <laughs> See, this game. listen, I'm going it's Trish going to be a pass.
0: It's going to be a pass, but he's just going to create, and he's going to get in there.
1: Okay, I'm going Ward. I think he's going to start the game at running back, and and I think first first series, just run the ball all over him. I think he gets the first touchdown <laughs> like for FSU. Like Who scores the first touchdown for North Carolina? I'm
0: going to be a little bit more specific with this. I, I think it's going to be a Drake May bomb. Like I think it's going to be those shades okay. of Sam Howell where he's dropping back, Josh Downs, whoo, 60-yarder, and everybody's going to be feeling good about this new era. Uh, I, I think he kicks it off with a bang at quarterback.
1: I am leaning much more conservative here. I think Drake May's first series, you're going to run the rock. I, I say DJ Jones okay. gets the first okay.
0: touchdown. I like it. So you're going, we'll you're going very conservative with two am, running back <laughs> touchdowns here. Come on. <laughs>
1: All right, what about this? Over under 250 yards of total offense allowed by Florida State.
0: I'm going under. I think these guys want to make a statement. I think they want to set the tone. Uh, obviously, the defense, a big strength of these guys. So I would not be shocked at all if, if this is a ugly game uh, for Duquesne and, and they go back to uh, the city of Pittsburgh with, uh, with their head held high and a, and a nice bank account.
1: <laughs> and a nice bank account, yes. I'm going under here. I think Florida State's going to handle their business defensively. And then what about offensively for UNC? Over under 35 points scored by the Tar Heels. Yeah,
0: I think I'm going to go over here, too. I I think they're going to be back to their explosive ways. They want to score a bunch of points and and just really set the tone. Uh, So I'm going to go over here. I think they, they probably end up in the 40s for this game.
1: If they don't go over here, I'm concerned. So I'm going to go over. They they better score over 35. Yeah. And I th- but I think you will see both quarterbacks. Right. You know, so there will be some transition there between who's running the offense. But I'm going to say I'm going to say over. Sure. All right. Before we do our score predictions, will there be a defensive touchdown scored in either game, Mac? And if so, who?
0: Oh, okay, man. These are intriguing questions. Whoever wrote this really thought about this really hard. Um, I'm going to go yes. Man, who do I think it's going to be? Hmm. Gosh, I could go Tony Grimes with a pick six. I could go Noah Taylor, Jamie Robinson. How about this? I'm gonna go with this is so funny. This this will not happen, but I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna go with Big Coop, defensive tackle for oh, Florida State. Man. I think Jared Verse gets in there, strip sack, big coop picks it up and falls in the end zone. That, that's, I, that's what I see happening.
1: <laughs> if this actually happens, that would be amazing.
0: It's already written. Call in your it's shot. Written.
1: Call in your right. shot, Mac. I'm going to say yes. I went kind of the easy answer here. I'm going to say Robinson picks six. Pick six. He gets okay. his – How far? His, How far? Uh, um, I don't know.
0: 60 yards? 30 yards. 30,
1: okay. That's no, good. not nothing That's crib. Good. I mean, I guess. Crib. Who knows? We'll look at Jamie Robinson getting that done. That's
0: right. That's we'll right. We'll see.
1: All right, before we get out of here, Mac, give me your score prediction – for the Florida State game and your score prediction for the UNC game.
0: Yeah, so, so we had to do it a little differently here, right? Just because, obviously, we, we better hope and think both these ACC teams are, are going to win here. I'm going 49-6. to six. I think it's probably some late scores. It, it, it's probably a couple field goals. I don't think they're missing an extra point. I think Florida State gets the job done convincingly and has some, some good confidence going into that LSU game.
1: Okay, similar. I'm going 51-7. to seven. Good score. I... I really want to see if one of us can get this right. Sure. <laughs> let's, lay it, let's lay it down that here. That feels good. That
0: feels good. Okay, how about on the UNC side? So I said they're going to score more than 35.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think Mac's going to you know, run up any score. I don't think he's, he's going to do anything like that. So I'll just I'll stay on the close side. I'm going to go 42 to 10. 42 to 10. Maybe 42 to zero. That is so, I'm going to go 10. 42 to 10.
1: That is so funny because I wrote down 42 to 7. So we're both at 42.
0: We need to take a break. (laughs) No field goals.
1: (laughs) Maybe not. We'll see. That's right. In that game. That's
0: right. We'll see. Man, first one, KG, in the books. Let's go. In the books. Friday is over. Can't wait to see how these games end up. It's going to be a great weekend. Week zero all throughout college football. There's a lot of fun games. Uh, You guys have to check it out all weekend. And then week one is coming. Monday is going to be an excellent episode. Can't wait to talk about what we did. We'll we'll kind of preview a little early, but uh, it's going to be a fun time. Guys, thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, go over to YouTube, follow our podcast, subscribe, and also go check out SiriusXM. You've got to give those guys some shout, give them some love there. Uh, Write us a review. It's always great to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see you. all